Ah, Mountaineer Nation, welcome back to the porch. We're going to talk all things about the heartbreak in Morgantown against those purple frogs. Also get into a look-ahead spot here with Iowa State, a true test of the character and medal of this team for 2022. Both teams still fighting for bowl eligibility, the battle of three and fives out there at Jack Trice and Ames. We're also going to get into some basketball. We've all been waiting for it. Hugs is going to come in for a couple words. Actually, that's Mike, just so you guys know. But we're really excited to talk hoops, get into a little bit of, of what we think could possibly be a special season. We'll also talk a, a touch about the ESPN Plus announcers, so you guys know what to do. It's in the morning, grab the coffee, fill stuff. It's in the evening, grab the drink, and come on back, because we're talking all things Mountaineers, both football and basketball. Let's go. Sheesh. Guys, what's what's next? You know, Mike, did you have a good time Saturday? Zach as well. You guys were there. I know Mike just wanted to have fun Saturday. That's all you talked about last episode. Did you have fun? A- absolutely not. I had terrible poison. I had terrible poison ivy. I left I left my debit card in my friend's car the night before. I got a late start out of Charleston, hit Elkview, was out of gas, didn't have a debit card, couldn't go to the game. The poison ivy got worse. I took Benadryl, barely stayed awake during the game, and the Mountaineers lost. Oh, no. Wow. So, have you, and then I tried a sidewalk slammer later on in the evening. Have you guys, I'm not even going to go late. I'm, yeah, I'm just going to stop the story there. It's not worth it. <laughs> but it was, you know, there were. Got to get, get, get that Apple Pay there, Mike. Oh, this, is, this is also talking like, we're talking about the, the angry day drinking. This seems to be something that we might want to look into, Mike. I'm, well, it was, it was a Halloween party. It we're here for you. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's fair. But, I mean, yeah, to answer your question, no, I did not have a, as much fun as I would have hoped. I enjoyed I enjoyed some of the Halloween party. We, I had a good time there. I liked the Halloween party. Uh, you know, shout out uh, to the hosts for that. But other than that, uh, not a good day. So you're saying the game wasn't the worst part of your day? I I, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> that sounds pretty it, brutal. It was just kind of a mirage. Okay, okay. I mean, Mike, it, 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 it's it for one big bad margarita. I, I don't know. You might need a few more uh, after hearing hearing Benadryl, poison ivy, run out of gas. I mean, I've had a few treacherous trips up there mike I, I feel you on that car troubles i was infamously infamously known at a tailgate like they're like oh we saw someone that was uh had a flat there near flatwoods it was probably blaine <laughs> so, that's okay i made it to flatwoods one time and realized i didn't even have the tickets it happens for it a ha- zach camp. zach i don't think you have any do you have any tales like this man i haven't heard them at least i don't think i do you're buttoned yet, up anyway. on game day aren't you I do my best. Yeah. It also helps that I don't carry out my season tickets. I've got the guy who bought them that carries them around, so I don't have to worry about it. Uh, you just hope he's always on his gay game then. That's oh, good. He's, he's always got it. Hey, you rely on your teammates. It's fair. I, I, I like where you're at. Teamwork you makes know. the dream work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, hey, Mike, obviously it was a rough one for you Saturday. Zach, you, I'm assuming you had a good time. You're probably a little more upbeat than most of us are after Saturday. It was enjoyable. It was a fun game to be at. It was competitive. Obviously not the result we wanted, but right. know, it was honestly better than I expected. You know, I was the lone the lone wolf picking the Mountaineers last pod. You I, were. Uh, wasn't overly, overly sure that they'd make it a game, but they were in it. 
Defense even showed up in the second half to everyone's surprise. Uh, you know what, Zach, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I had more faith in you that we'd have a good game. You just had the stones to pick us to win. Well, we couldn't even manage to cover because Sonny Dykes <laughs> had stones. Oh, that was – well, not so not so much. It was more Duggan just throwing it up off the false start. And then the offensive pass interference to shove the DB down, but, you know, whatever. Well, we, we could get into that. I think the, the – I, I mean, I want to start with – I complain because that gave me the over, but at the same time <laughs> – yeah, CJ, you're a lucky dog there, buddy. Uh, anyone who had the over. I, did, I just didn't like that number, but us seven and a half, I think everyone was feeling it. Like you saw El Presidente, uh, everyone in that room. I mean, it was a good play. It felt like – and we were the correct side. That's what stinks, without question. But let's pop it off here real quick with the, the way you described the game, Zach. You said we were competitive. I'm tired of hearing that word. Yeah. Talking about West Virginia football. Tired of hearing that word. I mean, and I think the hard part about this season is, and I think just talking about Saturday in general, is it seems like we're always doing and making the wrong decision at the time. or well, Maybe not the wrong decision, but the decision never works for us in these games over the last probably at least two years now. And I'm not I'm not trying to blame Neil or anything like that, but it's just like we have had you wanna call it a I'm not calling it a curse, but it's just have not had luck on our side. Kind it's, of, especially it's this not, year. It's not a curse, it's horrendous coaching. The the point in the game where I think it, it was really on display was the third down fade followed by the fourth down fade followed by beg for pass interference. Those were two terrible calls, and they said that the third down was supposed to be a run. I think JT checked out of it. It doesn't matter, guys. Get it together. I hate the fade ball in that situation even once, but to do it twice, those were lazy play calls. What's unfortunate is you you outsmarted yourself on that because the two prior red zone trips, you banged it straight ahead, and you scored. Now, granted, one of those was on a play action to Justin Johnson, but you didn't get too cute in those prior red zone trips, and it worked out for you. And I understand there's, you know, an art to it in some ways. Like, you you know, you don't want to go to the well too many times. You want to try and throw in something different to the mix. But it obviously didn't work. So why not try to get a couple runs straight ahead in there? It, I, I would agree. That was, that was a pretty rough go of it. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was tough. And I, and I kept sitting here watching the second half mad that I was watching it on like three hours worth of sleep, but I... I, DJ, hey, I I, love you. It is always about sleep with you, brother. (laughs) Well, you know, work four straight overnight shifts and then we'll talk. Uh, I know, know, right. You know, it... And this was the thing I kept coming back to, especially in the second half, was, and I hate to do this because I'm going to bang on Zach's boy here for a second, but did did Graham Harrell morph into Don Nealon Jr. in the second half? Like, he got predictable. Like, I literally was calling the plays from my couch. Like, he got – it was run, run, throw, punt. And, like, I don't know. It just seemed like his second half scheme or adjustments or script or whatever, it, it seemed not real good. Well, that's one thing that's unfortunate because it seemed like the defense really figured things out. And – 
how many times have we said that this season? Pretty much none. Yeah, and, I mean they, they were didn't. depleted. Like the injuries kept piling up, and they mm. were they were plugging along in the second half. Whatever adjustments they made were effective, and at least keeping them out of the end zone. Obviously, until the very end, which was a fluke. But hey, Zach, you know, I, I'll go ahead and say odd. I think it's I think it's Y'all Woods alone. Keep up. I think Woods being out there and playing the amount of snaps he did allowed him to have a little bit more kind of confidence and that they could cover in man. And then they were able to – I think we tackled pretty well on Saturday as well. Yeah, I don't remember too many missed tackles, and I think I would agree with that sentiment as well. And I looked back at the stats. Sands, you know, one huge touchdown play by Johnson, he was pretty much held in check. Now, obviously, you can't exclude that one play, and I don't even know personally if Woods was on him on that play. But their number one receiver was kept in check most of the day except for the one touchdown. No, Zach, I don't think he was on him that play because they ran him across the field, if you remember. Okay. Um, for a 74 yard, and I, I want to talk about that real quick. 74 yard. Now that one was Tay yard. Barber. Tay Barber was one the one yard. who had the long 70 plus yarder. That was when Koba was matched up on him, which was a nightmare matchup to begin with. And I think Johnson's was like a 40 some yarder, I believe, because Johnson ended up with 74 or 75 yards overall. They they both made some huge plays. Yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> I mean, either way you look at it. Here's what our here's what I'll say about the Mountaineer defense. In that second half, they held TCU scoreless in the third quarter. I think for the first time this year, they said, "You know what? We may or may not have the guys, but let's play aggressive." Uh, they sent some more into the box, and like you said, they tackled better. But here's what you also got to remember. There's good defense, and then there's there's good football in general, but then it's it's always scaled to Neil Brown. Still over 30 points given up. Still got bombed downfield a few times, albeit I know against a talented group. Let's not get carried away. I like that third quarter, though. Way to go in the third quarter. Oh, and that's, that's the thing. I'm not going to heap praise on them because, you know, they still, you know, they still got 40 hung on them, but I'll get second half. Legitimate improvement and take away that touchdown at the end. Again, you know, that's just something that that doesn't happen very often on fourth and one in that situation. It is what it is, though. It's a touchdown nonetheless. It was also humiliating. They were, it was, it was, it was a free play. At first, I didn't even see the offsides. I thought maybe it was just one of those punts because it was a fourth down. Maybe just take a shot. Who cares if it gets picked? And then they just pluck it out of the sky and walk into the end zone. That kind of epitomized the season. And at that point, I don't know what you all felt like. I don't know if it was dejection for me. I feel like it was just like, well, damn, they they let it loose. And I don't even know that that wasn't the call before the offsides. It could They could have checked out to bomb it anyway. I, I think that's very much a possibility. But they could have just decided to bomb it from the jump. Either way, I mean, I'm just like, well – yeah, Shit. it's That's a shot from the goes. 30. Yeah, it's a shot from the 30 with 20 seconds to go. I mean, so if you don't get it, you're giving us the ball in the 30. Yeah, it's <laughs> just an unfortunate play at the very end just to add insult to injury. But, you know, overall, they competed. Again, not what we want to hear in general, but right. against Second, the number seven team in the nation, undefeated, granted in the letdown spot. For hey, and, and, and Zach. Fox straight ranked games. You hope that that's how we would play, but yep, just didn't have enough. Hey, and, and to be honest with you, when Reese Smith hauled in that pass, holy moly, one of the best catches 
of the, I mean, easily the best catch for us of the season. Um, and you're down three. I'm not so sure that that is the time for the onside kick because, and it's, it's easy to say that now, right? If you execute it correctly, like they did a lot to make it to get to that point, and Wheaton was running across, it was just not a great kick by leg, and I'm sure he'd be the first to say that. Yeah. Um, but your defense held strong and gave you a chance, which is crazy to think had you done that from a kickoff, how much the field position would have tilted instead of starting at inside your essentially your own 15 there on that last drive. Well, well here's the thing. When you have inferior athletes, the best you can hope for is a spurt. Uh, TCU is ranked number seven in the nation for a reason. Where we, we're, we, we are where we are battling Iowa State in the basement for a reason. I'm not going to get carried away uh, over a quarter and a half of football. It, it was another Neil Brown letdown. Uh, let's talk about that onside kick, though, because I think that the strategy may have been sound. And even after the fact, even if after we didn't get it, I think I understood why they thought that was a, a move that they should make because, you know, whatever you want to say about the scoring drive before the onside kick, it took forever. It took way, way, way too oh, much yeah. clock. And it, you got the touchdown nonetheless. I mean, you got the score that you were needing to get. Yeah, but there but was no It urgency. took too much time. It took way too much time. And, Zach, it took – It took, like, what? Five minutes. minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah, we got the ball with under just a nine, like nine minutes left. Nine eleven and scored with essentially four twelve. Right. So at that point, I'm thinking, okay, they're probably doing this because they realize that def- despite the fact their defense has held pretty well in the second half, in general, they're not the most talented, strong group. Even after you know a five minute offensive possession to get rest. However, there's not high hopes there. However. One of the things that I think they did the best in, like the situations they did the best in in the second half, were with shorter fields. When they had a more condensed field that didn't allow TCU to get out and run down the field as much and just bomb it down, they had a little better success. I could be overstating that. That may have actually played a part into the strategy of making the onside kick alongside the time. So if they – have a shorter field, they get into field goal range and they kick it. We held them to a field goal. We still have a chance to go down and score to win. All those things collectively, I think, make it at least a sound argument to be in favor of the onside kick. And if you get it, great, even better. But yeah, I don't think that it was a complete hey, gaff. It just didn't hey, turn out as far as getting the kick. But thankfully, we got the interception and did dick with it after. Hey, Zach, I'll say this too on it. I actually think that maybe you're thinking we get an extra possession as well. Like, kind of just, you know, that that off chance lengthening the game exactly. by doing it four minutes. I mean, if they, if, if they score quickly, like they get a 50-yard yeah. bomb. You can do it, it again eventually. Hope. It twice, right. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I kind of see that. Although, in that game, I think that's where you got to kind of feel it out, right? Have that feel for the game. Right. The way the defense played, I mean, you had the goal line stand. You had held him to two field goals in the second half, this explosive offense, who the back-breaking drive of the entire football game was after we score on that 15-play drive to tie it back up. They score literally with, what, in a, a less than a minute to end the half? Mm. That hurt. That was the one that was like, holy crap. Like, I felt like our defense was actually hanging in there doing pretty well, minus the big play. 
to that point, and then that happened. It was just disheartening. I'm still – I'm a little bit more up on them than I think I would have been otherwise if you told me someone scored 41 on us. I'll be honest about that. Well, I mean – For the I, first time all year. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't necessarily have an issue with the onside kick there. I, I don't – the the formation, the execution of it, none of it I really liked. Um, it seemed it, gimmicky. Yeah, it, yeah, there's just too much movement in there, and then Casey just doesn't doesn't execute the kick real well. It's almost like you're trying to hit it off that guy and get a bounce. Like I don't know, it it none of that seemed right. I think the but end I, of run just didn't hit where he wanted it to, honestly. Yeah, but I and I also don't have an issue with it because I don't because I know at that point the defense had been playing well, but it, all year worth of film tells you that's probably not something you you it's not something you've relied on all year with your defense to come up with to stop when they need it so I, I don't necessarily have the issue of there going okay I want to see if I can get my best unit back on the field what what Neil Brown said afterwards and, and who knows we don't get to watch this obviously but he said that Casey Leg was the best onside kicker that he'd been around and that that was the worst one he'd ever seen him do so who knows on that? He he does have that cheeky soccer skill, as they say. Mm, uh, yeah. But that that was a dud. Yeah, it was. And at the and end it, of the day, it, you know that's not what killed you because you ended up getting the interception yeah. anyway. Yeah, and then did absolutely nothing. Right. That's that's what really is disheartening to me more than anything. The fact that the defense finally made a stop in a timely fashion when you had to have one. Ruffin, of all people, who's been getting brutalized all year. I think the only person that's gotten more brutalized this year in the backfield on the defense is Wesley McCormick. But Ruffin finally made a play, got the interception there to give the offense the ball back, and it just – I don't think it could have gone much worse. Did, did it not feel like huh. when he made that play that we were going to win the game? Oh, absolutely. It, the, it, yeah. the environment in there shifted entirely because everybody was bummed about us not doing – us not getting the onside kick. Everybody was just kind of deflated about it. And then that interception happened, and it was just live in there. Hey, Zach, how many timeouts did we have when we did the onside kick? Was it two? I think we, we had all three. Did, okay. Yeah, we had I'm all three. Yeah. fairly certain. Yeah, like I said, we, we get the pick. You feel the momentum shifting, and then that's where well, I come back to what I said earlier about Graham Harrell. The play calling was just – so atrocious and, and i'm just trying to think think this drive through again you got the ball at the 16 an incompletion occurs i'm trying to remember that the play exactly i don't think it was great pressure um i think on third downs when they got the heat to to daniels correct yeah so you had i know you had the the run that went nowhere as well with anderson and that's another thing you have to have anderson in the game at that point in time Johnson hurt? Like, was that the reason Anderson was in, I have to assume? I think Johnson was dinged up at that point in time, for sure. Okay, because um, I didn't remember a certain play where he got hurt. I know he came in a little banged up, but he played quite a few snaps with and without Donaldson being in the game. So I didn't know what was going on and why Anderson was in, in that spot, but it must have been because Johnson was hurt. And then you've got Daniels, who goes through all his reads and throws the incompletion to Anderson out on the flat. Yeah. In that spot, your four-string running back who's barely gotten any burn, that's just – that is what it is. I'm not going to – asking a lot right there. Right. Then you give him the run, which I hate, 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 double hate, loathe entirely, running on second and long, 
it drives me nuts. And then you get left with the third and even longer, third and 13. Now, and Zach. And throws the incompletion. Zach, let me ask this. Do you hate it because we're running with Anderson there, or do you hate it that in general? In Honestly, a lot of the times in general, like if you're okay. second and 10 or longer, I just – I mean, if you get stuffed, you're you're asking for a third and long. Why yeah. not just throw a dump off under the mid or underneath – get at least three yards and give yourself a third manageable at worst. I, right. That's just something that's always been a peeve of mine, but I'm not a football coach. What the hell do I know? Yeah. I mean, in that situation, I just don't understand how you're not going to plays where, you know, you're getting the ball into Prather or Bryce Ford Wheaton's hands. Right. Like yes, That's where you got to utilize the best part of your playbook. Yeah. Quick screen slant, something, get them the ball, get it quick, let your playmakers do the job. And it's, I don't know. I don't know if, Harold tried to outthink the room or what, but like I said, it just it that whole I mean three plays minus three yards and you punt in just over a minute. Like And also we don't know how much of that was JT checking in and out of stuff. Yep. You know he has a lot of freedom within that offense to work. It's just Unfortunate and, how horribly that sequence played out after. But see, I think that's going to be one of those where you're, as the offensive coordinator, you and your quarterback are having the conversation like, hey, we're going to get the ball to Wheaton. We're going to get it to Prather. Let's get it out. Let's get it quick. I mean, CJ. And even we Sam obviously Jay's had a good game. Well, yeah. You know what? That's a good point, Zach. That really is. But here, here's the thing, real quick, CJ. I mean, they obviously probably had that conversation. They just didn't get open on this place, at least the first one. Okay, but what I'm saying is, just get it out, get it out quick. Don't forget the long developing bullshit. Yeah, you got time. Point. Let's, yeah, we've got time. Let's let's get this, get them a couple of quick catches, get this thing moving I mean, in the right direction. Then we'll worry about everything else. But I let's think just he, get the ball in their hands and go. I think he did. I mean, the first. Pl- I mean, he he got it on a swing pass out there. Tried to to Anderson, didn't happen. Okay, you but run that's it. not your fourth string running back is not the playmaker I want having the damn ball in that. But that's that's there. one thing that I'm not going to fault JT for because he was open in the flat forever and JT no, went I'm through his entire fault, progression no. before he threw it out there. That wasn't his yeah, right. It's just it's, what he had to get. Right, and I'm not and I'm not faulting JT on that either. I'm I'm still on the Graham Harrell had an absolutely atrocious second half, but you know that's just apparently me. Like I said, I, I would have preferred get the ball in their hands quicker, screens, sl- quick slants, something, get the ball in their hands quick, not something where my fourth read is a guy who's literally not seen a snap all year. A non-talented snap anyway. Yeah, I mean, that 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 that's a very tough position to put, the, put that kid oh. in. And, yeah, to me, I'd have much rather – because you've got plays you know you're going to get those guys open on like stuff you're comfortable with you've worked on all year like those are the moments you go to those (sighs) and i'm with zach don't run the ball in second and long i'm even wondering though fourth and 13 i mean it's down to that point anyway in the game at that point, there was no way in hell I thought they should go for it. You have three timeouts. I mean, if you if you go for fourth and thirteen there, you're cooked. More than likely. 
Yeah, you got to punt the ball in that situation. I mean, your defense just came up with a big stop. Let's see if they can do it again. But And you've got all three timeouts. That's the biggest thing. Right. Just wasn't, uh, wasn't yeah. meant to be. And then Ollie probably had his worst punt of the season, unfortunately. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah. <clears throat> it really just kind of is disheartening because that was one for the taking, for sure. You, for the most part, I'm not going to say outplayed him, but you definitely hung in there and had the last true chance there with the ball with three minutes. And we haven't had many chances like that this year. Let me ask you guys this. In the fourth quarter of that game, when the score was close, did you deep in your heart of hearts believe that West Virginia was going to win? Absolutely. Okay. Why? Elaborate. I mean, I thought at the time we'd kind of been running the football pretty well. Daniels had been kind of at least had a had a decent uh, game to that point in time. We hadn't really turned it over very much. We were hanging in there. We were at home. Felt like we had the mojo on our side. Felt like TCU was due to lose a game. That was and, kind of what I held on to was that fact right there. It was a, it was a setup spot for them. It was a it was a spot where they should have dropped one. It was a college football being college football. I mean, that mu- the muffed punt situation that occurs, the fact you only get a field goal out of that is mm. just disgraceful. Um, yeah. That was tough. I mean, real that tough. That place was jacked after that. That place exploded. Yep. Well, and then, honestly, too, not, going, not taking the three points on a fourth down and goal with the four, I hated that as well. Granted, like you said, like you talked about earlier, Mike, about the two fades and just being lazy. and Or it might have been – I mean, it, even if it was a P.I., it wasn't called. So, you have to know that going in. And the fact that you held him to a field goal after that and then you did absolutely nothing on that drive as well. We just had two awful drives sandwiched in with one drive that took a long time that we made a great catch on. We just We weren't that effective offensively in the second half either. At all, really. They made adjustments. I mean, they're a good team, and it and it proved to pro- proved out on Saturday. The reason I ask you that question is because it just seems like ever since we got this this guy out of Troy, former Texas Tech staffer, Kentucky native, it just seems like it, the the game trends are so predictable. And even though you enjoy the fight at times, you just aren't confident that the Mountaineers are going to come up with that big play or even more importantly, not find a way to screw it up. You're handed a gift on one of the most bizarre muffed punts I've ever seen, probably the most bizarre. And and then you just call two ill-advised plays. That was the turning point in the game for me. And it's just so predictable. It seems like it happens repetitively throughout the career of Neil Brown. And it's almost like a trend. We perform based off of expectations. I thought we'd play TCU close. Iowa State's a toss-up. We might even win. And sure, it'll cool the seat down for a week. But you know what that means? A letdown the following week. It's it's, it's mediocrity at its best and – really just a terrible product 
the rest of the time. Not to get too far ahead of ourselves here, and I know we'll get to it, but I'm just I'm still stunned by this. Can we just real quick touch on the fact that Iowa State's a seven point favorite right now? Seven points. Are they that much better than us just on paper? I don't I don't get it. It's us on the road. That has to be the biggest factor. And 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 what's been a house of horrors for, for us since we joined the Big Twelve. Fair. But I want to ask this this question of Mike because I've heard a lot of people over the last couple of days on this. Yeah, the, the play calling after the muff punt was bad, but here's my thing. Why are we still bashing Neil on the play calling when he gave up the offensive play calling responsibilities? I mean – How is he still taking the blame for that when he did what everybody wanted him to do and he turned the damn reins over? It doesn't matter. The end of the day – they're not finding a way to make critical plays to win football games in key situations. Neil Brown being a worse offensive coordinator than the guy that he hired is not a reason to keep him. And let's let's pump the brakes just a little bit. In general, I don't think the <laughs> offense has been the problem this season. No, the, no, no, no. The offense definitely has not been the problem, but that's back-to-back weeks that you could have real issues with the offensive scheme at times. Well, I mean, at some point, we were running the ball very well. I like everybody. Everybody has this issue. I'm not going to use it as a catch-all excuse, but injuries start to pile up and do make a difference. When your running back room gets cut in half, when your starting offensive linemen, you know, two fifths of them are gone, it's not, you know, it's not quite the same. Oh, no, no, I no, and I, I agree with that. And, I mean, you know, I mean, when you're down to talking about Garrett Green being a running back going into the week, like, that's – no, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. That that does make it tough. Um, and I'm not one to excuse mediocrity. I'm just saying it is a factor. Well, it is a factor, and I think it also speaks to a larger point, and it's one the three of us have talked about prior to, and that's – you know, I mean, you, when you don't necessarily have the the base of, of talent, you know, after really two on the depth chart, it makes it really, really tough. Right. It does. And, and especially with C.J. Donaldson, that was the guy early in the season that was really looking promising. And, yeah, just a heartbreaker. Uh, hopefully he's able to rehab and have a – a smooth turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. And in a blue and gold uh, uniform next year um, for do, CJ. Do we, did they ever officially say? I know in his press conference he said it wasn't a knee, but he that's he didn't elaborate any further. Just lower body is all he said, and that he's already had surgery. That's all I saw. Yeah, been out for the rest of the season. Um, all right. And when did football become hockey with this upper body, lower body injury thing? Come on, give me something. Hippa. Yep, it's yeah, it, it is HIPAA. You check your eyes. <laughs> Not deal to say every, he hurt his HIPAA. He deal with it every day. Uh, he might have. That's, he could have his lower that, body. It, it kind of who knows. Um, man, that's rough. And then obviously the running back room being the situation it is in. Mathis though, Piers might be available. <clears throat> Johnson Jr. did play, so that's a good sign. Um, sounds like we're going to be a little bit. Uh, less dinged up in the secondary. Uh, although Mallinger's probably out. Mm. Sounds like Dixon's doubtful. Like, I'm... I'm not sure what's up with him. Yeah. I mean, and that leaves the spear position 
severely depleted. I mean, Gamitter dealing with the loss of his mother, obviously we're all thinking and praying about him and his family. It's brutal. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's brutal along with just everything that's, that's going on with that, that swirling and, you know, I, I, you can't even imagine. Um, um, but, uh, I don't know. How do we feel about this game, fellas? Like, I, it's, I think, I think I we got a good that I'm really, I think I'm, I'm going to say I'm really glad that Charles Woods is back because if he wasn't, Xavier Hutchinson might go for 250. Yep. Hey, and, and Mike, by the way, just a total respect Matt Campbell uh, soliloquy on the press conference today. <laughs> How predictable. It's it's every single year. I've said this for a while. Neil. But it wasn't as bad as it has been the last couple of years. Well, because Iowa State hasn't been quite as good. It, it, Neil Brown would would be a great Big Twelve podcaster. That's twice you've invoked this, I, man. Maybe I, I, I just I just I just wish that he would talk about West Virginia as highly as he does the other teams, but he can't. I get it. He's a gentleman and a scholar. Well, no, we're just not very good. No, that too. I think he wants to. I want him to, but yeah, you got to win. You you do have to win. But hey, let's, Mike, we're, we're going to turn this upside down here real quick. All righty. So you got Iowa State here. We're in November. The month of October is behind us. Iowa Thank State on God. the road. Yeah, right, right. We're just going to grow the beards out. No shave. It's, you know, it's that time of year. We beat Iowa State. We come home. We play Oklahoma. Everyone's ready to roll. Get a big win. You outscore them. In Morgantown, you're five and five. Let's say you, let's say you pick off one of the next two games in a big time upset of a top 20 team, Oklahoma State or Kansas State. Now let's just pause real quick and say that the Iowa State and Oklahoma games, are ones that we absolutely should be able to win because if we can't, then we're as bad as everybody thinks we are. Continue. Absolutely, absolutely. Even you now, Zach. If you so, let's say let's say you you pull that off, and then you maybe pull an upset here, and you go six and six, and you make a bowl. <laughs> We've been doing this for so long. No, but but that, I mean that's a scenario that you have. Oh, absolutely. That's the that's the hope. Like that's the. Most optimistic outcome because there's no way in hell we're going undefeated from here on out. It's just not possible. But three of the, three of the last four are making a bowl game, winning the bowl game. That's the most optimistic outlook. Six, six and six is six and six. That Correct. wouldn't move the needle on Neil Brown for me. It'd be a fun little closeout to the season. Uh, the reason that I don't think it will happen is because this isn't a team that's shown any signs of being able to be consistent in stringing together uh, offensive production from the receiving core. And the secondary has been a no-show now for about a month, month and a half. We can probably just rely on that being a crutch, to say the least, the rest of the way. So I, I really just don't see it. I, I Maybe you pick one up against Iowa State, and that Oklahoma matchup's interesting. That could be a, a pretty good ball game. As as we battle the Sooners down the stretch, so it, I I I I just I don't see it. 
the sooner nooner. Wouldn't it be nice to send those guys out on a on an L? Well, it it kind of reminds me of how the Texas game was set up last year, to some extent. If we're able to win this game versus Iowa State, it's got that same vibe to it. Kind of sending off the the big boy on the block in the Big Twelve, heading to the SEC with with a big fat L on nooner. And I love how you made that rhyme there, Zach. The sooner nooner. Uh, Last well time we'll done. get to say it. Well done, sir. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if you said it at, at night, but excited for that, for sure. And, guys, I'll tell you this. I mean, hey, if you got to that point and it was possible to be 5-5, five and five, the one thing you, you talked about, and we've talked about it a bunch, we want to have fun with this team. It could be a fun little ride, and one thing they have shown is fight. They've shown fight. Now, That's minimum, though. They're Division One college athletes. I expect that from a midget league team. Yeah, no, I would I, say, Blake, you, you, you love the fight when you opened this thing up saying you were sick and tired of hearing that we were competitive. Well, like, and, that's, that's kind of speaking out of both sides. Now, however, I will say that it wouldn't be too difficult for those guys to mail it in after you get your ass whooped in Lubbock, after you've just been a perpetual disappointment based on, you know, I'd say the team and the fan base's expectations. If the team had no belief or buy-in to the team and the coaching staff, that's at least some saving grace, I feel like, because if the coaching staff wasn't, you know, good enough to garner any respect or, you know, anything like that from the players to where they just said, to hell with the season, it's done, it's over. And that could still happen. There's four hey, games. Z- yeah, I was going to say, uh, but hey, that Zach, is some silver lining as well. Zach, I think, I think this Saturday – is actually the true, true test of that. Correct. Because, you know, laying it out on, on everything on the line against the number seven team isn't quite as hard as it will be in Ames against Iowa State. Is that was that where you were going with that? Exactly. A cold Ames, you're kind of, you're battling just to keep keep it alive on the season. Maybe you get down early. You're battling through injuries. Maybe they're just better than you are on the road. Yeah, I mean, th- that could be a spot. I and mean, we haven't played well on the road, especially, I mean, what we saw our, of the Mountaineers the last time they were on the road. So, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, and, and Blaine, I understand kind of where you're coming from, uh, the, the the hope of bowl eligibility. It's kind of like – It's all you got. You, well, you I have, get that, but it's almost kind of like it. when you're in, you know, baseball and you're mathematically still alive for the playoffs mathematically is just a really nice way of saying not officially eliminated hey i just like to have i just like to have fun around christmas guys okay that's all and i get that but i mean i'm kind of with mike like has this team shown you the ability to consistently go out there and win four of the next three or three of the next four they've done it once to me they haven't they've done it once it didn't include they, they put together Virginia a two-game Tech, winning though. streak. Tech and Townsend, like, let's no, no, I'm just saying, it pump has. the brakes here because that's not who we got rolling down the pike here. Well, this one would include Iowa State, and, and then obviously not. Yeah, <laughs> Iowa State and a team we haven't beaten since we joined the conference. Yeah, exactly. That means they're due. We, correct, and this, but it's also going to be a game that's probably like 85 to 80. Because both defenses uh, are absolutely fucking atrocious. Hey, uh, they held Iowa State down to thirteen points, 
and one of those was on and uh, Iowa State. To... Okay, but let's okay, but in all honesty, whose offense is better, Iowa or Iowa State? Because that's really the comparison right now. Iowa State because so, they have a quarterback that can throw for over two hundred yards. So, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, their, their offense is atrocious. So let's not. So hey, let's so let's get into that then. If their offense is so atrocious. Then how in the world are we a seven point dog and a fifty and a half? Fifty and a half is the total. Because our defense is that bad. I mean, that's what they say, right? That's what we've seen. Do you, I mean, besides here's my, one quarter. I guess half. my question is: I think this might be a great matchup for us because I'm not sure they will run the ball on us, and I think Deckers is not uh, the level of these other of these other quarterbacks that have diced us up. No, the one thing got, I but think, he, but he's got a he's got an NFL wideout hanging out there that's just. But we have Woods now, and we've got a healthy secondary that does help us. And whatever NFL soon to be tight end they have, which I'm sure they have. Mm-hmm. And here's the first thing. time I, they really think... haven't. <laughs> that's really? probably part that's of the problem. That's that part of the problem. Yeah, I'm sure that they'll find something to do that'll just exploit us a little bit because Decker's is capable of putting up yards, but the thing that I'm most interested in is his, you know, he's very susceptible to turning the ball over, which we need to take advantage of because in the games we've won, we've been able to force turnovers. Yeah, and I, I think that's, I mean, that's almost kind of like the key every game is, is the turnover battle. What I would love to see out of this defense is kind of what you saw in the second half against TCU. Obviously, you know, secondary-wise, we're we're not great. I mean, you take Woods out of the equation. Let's be real. That's a that, that that's it's not a good secondary. Just get uber aggressive at this point. You've really got nothing to lose. Just get uber aggressive and blitz like almost every down. Force this kid into making a mistake. In well, CJ, just blitz coming from there. Blitz and, all the damn time. I and, literally and I, wouldn't call anything that's not a blitz. I wouldn't drop eight. I wouldn't just bring four. I'd bring like six. Well, we're getting we're get we got home a little bit more in the CCU game. Did a much better job against the run in the second half. Now Kendra Miller was real explosive, and he kind of had his way with this. We tackled in space. We were a little better and tighter on the coverage. That was our best half of football defensively in a long, long time. And but now we're playing an that's, offense that's. But see, I think that's also we got a little more aggressive. Well, absolutely, and and I think that's, and I don't know why it waited so long to, to get to this point. But screw it, just let him go. I think Blaine made the point. Woods coming back and getting a little more healthy, allowing us to play a little more man, yep. a little more loose up front. Yeah, but that 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 one, I, that makes a difference. I, it it does to an extent, but I I mean, as bad as they were with him off the field, they're still atrocious back here because he can only cover one guy at a time. I mean, I'll say this. We were pretty good Saturday in the second half defensively. And it's going to take some time to get Woods acclimated with these guys back there. He didn't get to play with them hardly at all. You know, what, 12 snaps against Pitt. So, And those guys weren't even the guys playing against Pitt. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a saving – maybe a, a a slight, like, night light, uh, Christmas light type light that you can look at there um, for the defense to try and maybe – Look for a bright sign we are coming down Halloween the stretch. Now. It is Christmas. You, you have to try, right? You have you got to try. Thanksgiving first. Don't 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 skip a holiday. Hey, you can get Halloween lights up there too if you really if you really <laughs> want to. So, 
a lot of people do. Um, I mean, did you guys see Miles Garrett set up? I mean, that was insane. Uh, by the way, um, I, I think that is your Bengals. By the way, yeah, that was bad. That was our, bad. RIP to Joe Burrow. I think they're still picking pieces of him up out of the turf. <laughs> Mike, I know it was it was Sorry, tough too. Be the hell, man. Yeah. He, yeah, that that was that was hard. To it watch. was ugly. It was almost as bad as our game in Lubbock. It felt that way. It really given did. given the expectation and the importance of the game. I agree with you. Are you feeling the same way about Zach Taylor? Did you know Brown? You getting close? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Hey. Um. So. Back to this Iowa State game here. We know what they're going to give us. We know that I think if we get like into the 30 this game, we got a, a real good chance to win this football game. I mean, they don't have a lot of explosive players on offense other than Hutchinson. I mean, do you, you guys feeling this thing here this weekend? Well, first to 30 wins will be probably the story, but Iowa State hasn't given up 30 a whole lot. No, they haven't. I mean, Only McDonald's. The one against Baylor, and that was 31. Yeah. I mean, McDonald's been back there forever wreaking havoc, and I know Vance has been playing very well for them at the linebacker spot. So, Iowa I mean, State they only continues to real. 16 points a game. Oh, I mean, what they are averaging, what, 16 points a game maybe? 17 points allowed. I mean, it's they're, – they're tough. They're they so just keep tough. reeling off losses, though. I mean, they've had five losses in a row, and four of those were by seven points or less. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be by far, I think, the best defense we've seen to this point. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're – And the worst offense. Give, yeah. I mean, they, they don't give up, give up a lot. I, I think the key is going to be start fast – um, with this kind of being the the house of horrors as we discussed, because we have not had a whole lot of luck out there. Um, seemingly starting with that blackout they ran on us four or five years ago, but I don't know. I just to me, you, you've got to start fast. Um, almost give it a track meet feel early to kind of put some pressure on their offense to try and do something. Um, cause if this ends up in a defensive slug fest, I'm not so sure I'd feel real comfortable with that given that they played a bunch of close games and that's kind of their comfort zone, even though they haven't won them, I, that to me does not set up as a recipe that ends well for, for West Virginia. On the road, I think you got a good point, CJ. And I'll also say this real quick. It gives me a vibe a little bit for us in terms of matchup, like a Virginia Tech or a pit in terms of the personnel we're facing. And I do like that for us. Did you all happen to see the box score of their game last week against OU? <laughs> it's ugly. Now, two things catch my eye. One, Deckers was their leading rusher with 31 yards. And I think we're all aware that Oklahoma's defense over the course of the season has been as bad, if not worse at times, than even ours, which is shocking to say, but it is what it is. And their running backs, 11 for 27 for Norton, 11 for 22 for Brock. That's not inspiring. And then 
for Norton, 12 of his 27 came on one carry. 30, 28 of Decker's 31 came on one carry. So, like, that's not too hot. Yeah, their offense has been bad. I and mean, Hutchinson bad. had 18 targets. Like, we know this dude is legit. Man, he's he's got to get a lot of action. And hopefully Woods can help take that away. And maybe you double him a good bit as well. You may have to. That dude's a beast. I guess that's, I guess the other point of that would be, can we make enough plays on the other guys that they have? Are we good enough to not allow the other dudes to go off? Hopefully we are. That's the hope. I want to I want to believe it. Um, they're just tough, man. Like I said, they play in, they're in every game. It's just this is going to be a close one regardless of which way it goes, I feel like. It's just back to what Mike said down the stretch of a game. Do we have what it takes to make pl- enough plays to make the difference to pull it out at the end? That's really going to come into play here because Iowa State, I mean, they don't they don't get blown out. No. No. Bad as no, they've they been. Don't. No. And and the other thing about them too is is just how kind of sound they are. Although they do turn it over a good bit this year. Yeah. Compared to their other teams. And we've been a little bit opportunistic of late. Maybe this is a I, I just it's so weird to see this kind of us sitting there. I don't know. Maybe it's just like we talked about earlier. It really is the road factor that has us a seven point dog, but there's really no reason else to talk, talk anything more about this one guys other than to note that it's on ESPN plus. So we're going to have to really kind of work around the dial. So we're going to have great announcers um, as always. Although I'm going to say this, having done play by play, Mike, and I know you can say this too. You respect it a lot more after having to do it, the job those guys do. Now, but you could also tell when somebody's not good either, though. Correct? Here's what I'll say about it. So, it's I, I totally agree with you with football because it's so fast. It's a lot different than baseball in that regard. It's hard to say 27, 25, cut up the field, 20. It, it, on the fly, that's really difficult. So, I definitely respect it, although radio is a little bit different than television. But they have a lot of, of other things taken care of for them, elaborate stat packs, producers in their ear. That so, we don't have. That's a good point. So in a lot of ways, it is easier, and it's not it's not on the spot radio play by play. Sometimes less is more, especially on TV. Well, you went less is more, Ranch Wilder. Nice, I'm, yeah. I'm impressed by that, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's you're young it, it, too, dude. I'm very impressed. Well done. Go ahead, CJ. Yeah, that My was bad, buddy. Go. That, no, that was well done. <laughs> no, I mean it, it. Doing TV broadcasts is is difficult. I've Back in college, I did high school um, in Virginia, and it's it, it, it can be tough, um, you know. But my thing is, is if if you're employed by somebody like ESPN, you should be better than your local sports news guy, even on ESPN Plus. Yeah. Look, here's the thing: it should be that way, but it's not. Local yeah. sports local sports news guys and, and there's some that aren't very good. I'm not gonna lie. 
but there's a lot of hidden gems in those just rural backwood towns. I don't know if you guys ever listened to Metro News Game Night, but I like hearing all I like hearing all the broadcasters call in. You hear some unique voices and some cool styles. I, I have a soft spot for that, but that's that's just my <laughs> Mike. I love that you have the soft spot for that. Just a hometown boy in the end. Now, now, Mike, are you the guy who calls in for Wahama? I do. I do. Mike, Mike, buddy, I kind of just want you to let me know when you're going to do it, when I'm coming home from whatever game I'm getting Friday. Have you been calling in? I have not. I don't have to do that. Uh, I'll text you the number. Just do it. It's fun. Yeah, but but I'm not the home guy. It doesn't matter. They've already got people that are doing it. I might. Who knows? Anybody can call. Just say you called the game. Oh, really now? <laughs> That's funny. Well, hey, I mean, they, they really are letting anybody do it when they let me and you do it, buddy. So you're yeah. right about that. Yeah. Um. So back back on to this game, though. I don't expect a good crew. Let's be honest about it. Um. Probably the good thing about that is you can sync it up with Creedy if you want to. For this one, because it's on the PlayStation or the the plus that's a nice thing but let's let's get to the predicting because we want to definitely hit on some basketball and and, and i kind of want to hear a lot of lot from hugs tonight mike okay um <laughs> but, but uh who wants to take it first we can be so much more consistent shooting the ball we were 21%, and that was just his line from the press conference. And I think it's true, but 21% from three, 37% from the field. Uh, of course, I'm talking about in the final scrimmage against Bowling Green. Uh, physicality, though, they snagged 55 mm-hmm. more typical uh, hug squad performance. Um, I'm feeling optimistic. I, I, I think he'll he'll find a way. No, okay, okay, Mike. But to, is that the – so, can we get hugs doing the uh, the Iowa State prediction here? Oh, my bad. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I he's so unwilling to even talk about West Virginia football anymore. He's just moved I, I, on to basketball. I, I, I jump, he was I jump, ready to roll. Two, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I jumped two or three guns there. Uh, A lot of people are with you right now, actually. I, I misinterpreted the, the transition. That, that is okay. Um, that is okay. So, like I said, there's, there's patterns to this Neil Brown vortex. Well, whatever you want to call it, and one of them is that when it's it's absolutely over, no shot, he finds a way to, to just cool the seat down a couple degrees, just a couple, and he he he's, he gets an irrelevant win. I think West Virginia grinds it out twenty three to twenty one in a game that you don't really want to watch, but you have to because it's close. I'm with all it. right, Mike. The way the way you just described it as a vortex. Is but you know what's funny is I think you're right because this has kind of been the way it's went for him. He always Vortex seems to get this one in yeah. a cyclone. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Good. I, That's like good. I like that. Three twenty one. So you are you're taking the under, sir. Yes. Okay. All right. CJ. Yeah, I think. I kind of agree with what a lot of Mike Wood said. He Neil just kind of keeps finding a way to get a win to kind of cool things down at least for a week. Um, 
Iowa State defensively, I expect them to kind of do what they've done all year, and that that's keep them in the game. Um, but I just I offensively, I don't know if Iowa State quite has has enough because I think we're we're better on that side of the ball, um, even being down to you know basically no running backs whatsoever. Um, we finally get a win in our house of horrors. We got to aim. Uh, twenty-seven, twenty-four Mountaineers. Two for two. All right. Okay. Okay, CJ. And I take the over by a by the hook. Ooh, wow. Okay. <laughs> by the hook because it's fifty and a half. I got fifty-one. Can we? You get got to want to bomb at the end on fourth and one. Yeah. Push, right. Push the over. Uh, are, are we predicting another Casey Leg uh, field goal win? No, <laughs> no, I am not doing that. He got his okay. one here. I got my one. I'm, I'm tired it. Okay. All right. All right. Zach? I'm I'm along with these guys. I'm predicting a win just because I, I don't think we can keep being as bad on the road, and I don't know that Iowa State has what it takes offensively to exploit us. I would also like to think that getting the offensive line back 100% will make a difference, even if it's Josh Johnson and Anderson in the backfield, even if Mathis can't come back. I think those two can hopefully do a little thunder lightning type deal. Um, you know, every everything is bleak right now just because it's just been a rough run since Baylor the past couple of weeks. And we really, we really need something. Obviously, Iowa State's going through a rougher stretch than we are, but – you know, they're in a little bit different of a circumstance. Their coach isn't even close to being on the hot seat. You know, it's just one of those things. He's he's about as protective of a coach at this level as there is besides the big boys. So I'm going to say having Charles Woods back in his third week back from injury, really starting to get back in the swing against one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver he'll see all season, will be a very timely thing for us I'm going to say West Virginia 28 to Iowa State's 21 no field goals no field goals under 28-21 okay Zach alright so we're 3 for 3 at the moment A lot of pressure. So, I know, right? Because now it's like if we had the graphic, it would it would all go against us. So, guys, for me, this game's special because I have some family that's Iowa State. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. Really? Uncle John. No Uncle way. John, the famous Uncle John. Uh, I've never met a person with Iowa State roots. 80, 84. Okay, um, but looks looks like he's fifty five still. Um, getting after it, John Cyclone fan. They've had the better of it for a while. Last year was phenomenal. Uh, Brock Purdy not being able to to pull off the final Houdini act. It's a fun series, right? It's probably as close to a rivalry as we have in this conference, other than maybe Texas. And Texas doesn't really include us as a rivalry. 
Iowa State kind of has something there. It's respectful. It's kind of fun. We both have had good runs. There's a lot of respect between the coaches. Obviously, too much for Mike's liking at times. Uh, <laughs> guys, the thing about it that you, that you said that, that does ring true is that Neil always does seem to get the one that he needs to get. I think we will get it. I think we do win it because I think Iowa State defensively is very good, and they're going to they're gonna cause a lot of problems for us. But I think our defense is really going to step up and play well and create some turnovers. We're going to win this one 30 to 21. 30 to 21. West Virginia over Iowa State. I think we're going to create a few turnovers. Casey Lake's going to make a few field goals. Uh, and maybe a special teams play might might come in to be a factor in this one. Uh, maybe a block. We've done it once this year. Love to see it happen again. Guys, I will say this, though. Why does it feel like since we all feel this way, it's just going to go terribly wrong? <laughs> hey, is Pitt any good? I've, I've not been keeping up. Not that I would, but I, I actually just have no idea. They lost to UNC last weekend, but UNC's been, I don't know, good enough. I don't really know what to think about them. Yeah, I would agree with that, Zach. UNC's been real good on offense. I mean, they're a Drake May kids dropping bombs. I was just wondering because, I mean, that was a good football game. But but it just seems like the Big Ten competition, the Big 12 competition has been on another level. Now, I'm with you, Mike. <clears throat> um, I think the Big 12 is the best league top to bottom in, in, in football. I don't agree with that. Actually, SEC is better. Sorry. The the SEC is better. I think top to bottom, it's better than the Big Ten, only because you don't have that big dog in the fight right now. I think the Big 12 is the third best conference. Ohio State and Michigan just carries the Big Ten, and to me, rightfully so. So it is better than the Big 12. That's a fair assessment. But the Big 12 is third. Fair assessment. Yeah, Good year from the Big Twelve, no doubt. I think that's 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 a pretty pretty fair analysis. Yeah, because the ACC. I mean, that kind of goes to what's going on tonight with the playoff. By the way, though, how about Clemson fourth? Really? TCU seventh. I mean, seriously, things will come to light. Well, that's true. But I just think, and well, the, the fact they had Michigan fifth as well, I thought was kind of ridiculous. Thought that one was a little egregious. But yeah, I mean, there, there, there were some pretty pretty bad ones in there. I mean, uh, personally, I I feel like LSU is a little over overrated at ten. Um, Texas being ranked is ungodly stupid but it's also the first one of the year and some of these guys are going to knock each other out by the end of the year so Texas has a chance to why do I get the feeling this weekend K-State is it K-State yeah Texas Tech's got TCU I actually think Texas is going to beat Kansas State this weekend 
Um, but all right, so let's talk some hoops here. Then one day his mom brought him a basketball. And I love that basketball. I took that basketball everywhere I went. You know what? That basketball was like a basketball to me. Come on, you cheerleader. So, dude, I thought uh, I thought Stevenson was doing some little things that I really liked, like a couple of nice passes on the break, taking some charges, seemed to have a nice flow, that kind of flow to the offense, the way he was like taking his shots. Really liked what I saw out of him. Thought the defense looked pretty good, and d- dude, Jimmy Bell just strikes you like when he's on the floor. So does Waggy. I was very impressed with us, Zach. Yeah, I think this team definitely has a lot of potential, and here we go again with that. But I think the coaching staff may make a difference here where in football it may not. Um, Defensively, we're definitely going to have to have that side of the ball be where we hang our hat because offensively it could get it could get ugly at times. It could be traditional trademark Huggins basketball, muck it up, make it tough for the other team. But this team defensively could have a lot of versatility. There's a ton of depth, a lot of guys that can get out there on the floor. And I, I agree with your sentiments about Stevenson. There's a lot of things he can do. He may not be as proficient of a shooter as McNeil, but he will replace him in a lot of ways, including the perimeter shooting aspect. But he can do a lot more than McNeil showed that he could do including on the defensive ends. Stevenson has a lot of explosion. He can block some shots. He can keep his position on defense. He's very physical, has quick hands. He's very much a vocal leader. I think Huggins made a comment in post game about him maybe getting out of hand sometimes, which I noticed a couple times when he was trying to, you know, maybe get on some guys who weren't doing what they should have done or made mistakes. So he may have to work on that a little bit to be more of a, a vocal leader in the way that you want a guy to be, not just guy who, you know, bitches at the guys and his teammates things quite right. You know, yeah. But right. you know, Huggins will get him there, I think. But I, I'm excited about him. I'm excited about a lot of the guys on this team. And you know, my, Mo Mo Waggy, he he's got some potential. He's very raw, but he's got a lot of explosion and a lot of potential and he could be a good rim protector and rim runner for us. I thought it was nice to see some elements of the press because of the ability that we had to protect the rim. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like well, and, and you know what? You and Huggins seems to like about, a Conquo a lot too in that role. Yeah, the protector, rebounder type of role. Exactly. And, and Zach, I think the point that you brought up was the potential out of this team, right? It's also, but it's potential and questions about things on the defensive side and rebounding are things that we should be pretty good at so that goes to being our dna of what west virginia basketball has always been a route which i'd rather have that mm-hmm. than us relying on having outscore people which just didn't work for us no it never has and yeah i think that we have guys that can be capable offensive players i think Keedy has improved his offensive game he's obviously 
been a slasher throughout his time with West Virginia. That's more his style. He's not much of a perimeter shooter. While he has improved his perimeter shot, and it looked like his free throw was a lot better, his free throw stroke was much better. So he can he can add in that way. I think Emmett has the ability to score when he needs to. He really picked things up near the end of that game. Hopefully he has that potential down the road. We talked about Stevenson a little bit. You know, Seth Wilson has flashed at times. I don't know how consistent he's going to be. Toussaint, he's you – know, I like what debate. I saw out of Toussaint. I, I like really him. Did. I like him a lot too. What he's going to provide you offensively as far as scoring the ball, you know, may not be consistent. He might have some games where he he flashes too, but he's he's the kind of point guard we need. Hard nosed, defensive oriented. He can he can distribute the ball. He's a dog on defense, man. He gets into you. I love it. Yeah, I, I really and like. He's almost defense. kind of out of that uh, Juwan Staten mold. Um, he's going to get you in the right sets. He's going to get up into guys. Um, I think a lot of his. His offensive stuff's going to be, you know, kind of getting to the rim, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. That's that's who he really kind of reminds me of. If you were looking for something back in kind of the, the days when, with what Huggins had, but no, nah, this team's going to be a lot more Huggins' style, like you said, muck it up defensively. I mean, Trey Mitchell's going to be what makes this offense have to go though. Like getting him back as soon as possible will be see, massive. Hey Zach, I'm. Glad you brought him up, and I'm excited about him and this Jose Perez cat coming together and kind of gelling, maybe hopefully starting to practice around the same time for offensive cohesion because those could be two big scores for us. And they score in very different ways. Mitchell really likes to have his back to the basket when he's in the post, but he's also a very perimeter-oriented big. You know, he's he's a proficient shooter, and that's something we're going to need. And if we can get it out of a big guy, so be it. But, you know, Perez, on the other hand, he isn't the most perimeter-oriented. He is a semi-capable three-point shooter, I would say. He's, not, right, he's right. not very effective from that range, but what he can do is slash, and he has mid-range shooting ability. And we don't have a lot of guys that really fit that profile, which I think will be good, and especially with his length. If he's able to play the style of defense that Huggins wants to play, He's going to find himself getting playing time early on. Yeah, and and the, and the fact that he's kind of just a a unconventional, unorthodox scorer just kind of finds that, ways. That's the to word get, I use. To get buckets, unorthodox. Um, yep. Yeah, I like that because maybe if you get him a couple layups, some some he'll obviously rebound a little bit for us. He's good in terms of passing the ball as well. Um. You got to think he's going to average more rebounds with us just because of the way we play, mm. uh, as compared to what he was doing at Manhattan or Gardner Webb or Austin Marquette. I'm a little nervous about that aspect of it, the fact that he's been at so many places. But this Stevenson last one's too. not his fault. Well, yeah, that's true. Stevenson, not so much because of just what I saw on Friday, even, and the way him and Emmett have that chemistry together. Oh, I'm just it, saying you can't always nail a guy for being at true, all these different true. places. I think that he made his jumps to Marquette from the lower end of the basketball spectrum. Didn't quite work out. Went to Manhattan, you know, did Found really well fit. there. Put yeah. himself in a position to be their, you know, conference's preseason player of the year. And, you know, I'll take one of those guys any day of the week. He had quite a few significant programs trying to bring yeah. him in. Uh, I believe what Louisville, TCU, uh, NC State, NC State. Yeah, I mean, not 
not not the uh not necessarily the blue bloods but also definitely programs that are pretty good like, but those top of the end, you know, top of the line blue blood schools aren't really looking for players this time of the year anyway. Not to say that that's what you want to hear about us, but you know, we'll take guys we can get, especially if Huggins has got his eye on him. And it sounded like he was talking to Perez every day. So, I mean, he obviously wanted them for a reason. And he brings something that this backcourt really doesn't have a lot of, and that's length because, you know, Tucson's six foot on a good day. Keedy's six three, which is a little more lengthy for a point guard, but. You know, even at that, you can you can get a little funky with some of these lineups because if you want to go to a little longer, you can stick Perez at the one or two and have some height between him, Emmett, Trey Mitchell, Waggy, whoever you stick at center. And you could also put him at a three and maybe go a little smaller. Like, he, he gives you the ability to be a little more versatile. And I think lineup versatility is always a good thing to have. One of the biggest things I'm going to be on the lookout for, which I always am on teams like this with guys who, you know, top to bottom can seemingly all play, what's going to happen when the playing time doesn't start getting doled out? Who's going to be the odd man on the outside looking in who's transfer eligible? I'm going to put a little bug in your all's ear now, and I could be way ahead of myself on this. I think Jamel King could be one of those guys simply for the fact that he barely saw the floor against Bowling Green. That may have been a situation that was a team thing. Maybe he was having a little bit of disciplinary issue. I don't know. I'm just speculating. He didn't see the court until the second half, and it was short-lived because he had a couple horrid, horrid shots, a couple mental mistakes, and he got subbed out immediately, went to the end of the bench, very dejected. So we'll keep an eye on this kind of stuff because that's always going to play a part in things. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's it's interesting you bring that up because – I felt like I watched a lot of it on replay and didn't remember seeing Jamel King. So he was the only guy, up, yeah, only guy that didn't play except for obviously Josiah Davis until the very end. And Josiah Davis obviously is going to be that way because of his his situation. Right. So everybody else saw the floor in a decent capacity. Let me let me ask this question of you guys because for me it's kind of a a big question mark is our inability to really shoot the three has me a little worried because you you look at the the landscape you know the the high-end teams are teams that can absolutely kill you from behind the arc and i know that's never really been huggins's thing but with the way the game has kind of evolved our lack or inability to really be deadly out there does that does that give anybody anybody else pause for a little bit of concern oh it always has hey hey real quick say let's hear from hugs on his answering that question (laughs) why didn't shoot the ball very well need to be more consistent there you have it need to score more points than the other team do you guys think we're going to see the zero field goals in however many minutes graphic a lot this year? I have Absolutely. a feeling. Absolutely. Actually, though, guys, I think maybe when we get this Perez guy rolling and Mitchell with Mitchell. Stevenson, I think we've got some offensive capability this year. Mitchell has it, to be it, the guy. It, it's still a hugs team. Yeah, we're going to see that at least a handful of times. Well, hold on. How, how long? When do they start the graphic at? Like three minutes? Are we talking like five? Are we going like eight? Like, what? Where's the graphic start? 
We can oh, see a couple used, four or five plus. <laughs> I, 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 I'm used to seeing it, you know, haven't scored in six minutes. So, I mean, you know, I'm jaded. Maybe the no field goals. I'm, and I can get a little bit more behind. I think we'll at least get to the line with this team. I think so, too. And for whatever it's worth, they shot the ball from the line at a decent clip against Bowling Green. So, hopefully that's something that – well, continues and they rebounded well, the hell out of the ball after losing the rebounding battle in the super secret scrimmage to Houston by double digits. So, not that that wasn't expected against Bowling Green, but Zach, did it change to Houston or did we not play Dayton? Did I say Houston? I'm sorry, you Dayton. Did. Excuse oh, me. Oh, hey, hey, it was, so, it was so secret that we didn't even have the right team potentially. Yeah, they said it was Houston and ended up being Dayton. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, and, it, it can happen. And, and yeah, I mean. A hallmark of Hugs teams is tough and get to the line, except at Kansas, because we all know you don't shoot free throws when you play at Kansas. 35 to 2. <laughs> the second most annoying number in West Virginia sports history. Yeah. We won't talk about the other one. Yeah, we will never talk about the other one. 35 2 might get that treatment if we don't go in and uh, ever exercise these demons in the fog. You know, we got a chance this year. Well, and we're going to keep playing those guys. So, I, I like this team. I do. Also, when you brought up free throw shooting, Stevenson, 98% last year. I mean, and then he actually missed one in the game. Mm-hmm. And he was pissed, too. You could tell oh, he was heated. Yeah, he was less than thrilled. I, I, Hugs has a good vibe about him, too. Like, did you see he was wearing, like, the black pullover that looked a little nicer because he knows he's going to go on a run potentially early. Maybe beat like a Purdue out to PK Legacy, wearing that black, looking all Don like with the, with the chain, just in the hall. I mean, this 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 is the this is the resurgence of hugs, bringing this natty home, fellas. I'm telling you, I, I just I I want the off season mountaineer looking hugs to show up. You know, the wild hair, the beard. That's what I want. Now let that go because we're on a winning streak. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I'm I'm gonna pump the brakes just a touch. I don't know if this is a national championship contending team. No, no, no. Hold on, Zach. I'm with you on that. I'm just saying, like, this is like the rebirth of like the next run of us being really good. Oh, I hope so. I think that it's very possible. Obviously, you got a lot of guys on the team that won't be here next year just because of their eligibility running out. But in today's day and age, you can work the transfer portal every season if you want to. Probably the way it's gonna start going. And that'll be, you know, with Huggins' career and his years left of diminishing, you know, he's he's going to probably have to work it like that year in and year out. But it'll be easier to get better and better players when the product out there is better. So hopefully this is the start of that, like you said. One of the first times I ever did one of the Zoom press conferences, and those were, were awesome because obviously I don't live in Morgantown plus like, you could watch a game, complain about it, and then ask the <laughs> like three feet away from the couch. It was way too easy, but I loved it. And um, what a day, what a time to be alive, Mike! Right? Yeah, but I do remember that first preseason press conference when Hugs came out uh, with that grizzly beard and the long hair. Uh, you could see everybody on the call cracking up. It was it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Absolutely, we we dubbed him the king of the north after that. Yeah. What the, was that? The fire pit one, Mike? Yes. 
Oh man, that was the best. I, I was on that one. Oh. What'd you ask? Do you remember? I do not. <laughs> Too long ago. <laughs> oh man. It's that... it's less intimidating to ask him the, the annoying question on the Zoom call, isn't it? It the, the thing about him is that he's just he's he's gonna talk about whatever he wants to talk about. So it might be Positive, negative, not answering the question long-winded, short. It, it's just entirely up to him. I've learned that the question doesn't entirely matter with Bob Huggins. Unless you go, unless you go if you go outside the box, sometimes you, you'll get a long response from him. He likes talking about interesting things from the past. He'll entertain comparisons. A lot of coaches will. That's true. He, he will entertain comparisons. Yes. That is fun when he does that too. Absolutely, I he really? about the the Big East versus the Big Twelve, and I, and like that for instance, uh, I like that he kind of went there and talked about some of the old rivalries. That was just one example. He, he's he's fun. He's interesting. Yeah, he he really is. I mean, hey, the Bear Hall of Fame bound. I I feel like he likes this team, guys. I really do, and and. We've got opportunities early. That's going to be the fun part about it, too. I can't wait for this for around Thanksgiving. Well, it's going to be it's going to be nice litmus test to see, you know, kind of what this team is, but then also to kind of take a step back to and realize that, you know, depending on how that outcome goes, I mean, this team's relatively new to each other. It, it's going to take, I think, some time for them to to kind of gel and cohesive. I, I don't think you're going to have a real good feel on this team until probably a little into conference play as far as really who they are and how good they really can be because it's going to take them some time. A lot, a lot of new faces. If they can get things rolling a little bit before the Phil Knight Invitational, that'll – that'll be a good sign because that's going to really test what they can be early on. I have no doubt that we should be able to be 4-0 heading into that. Looking at the schedule. So. I mean, Moorhead State's a, a fine team, but played them in the tournament, but we should beat them in Morgantown. I don't think Pitt's too scary. I, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to go to the Pete. It's a road game, but I, I feel like we can definitely hold our own up there. Um, yeah, the the Peterson Event Center is not what it used to be as far as teams like you just didn't roll up there and win. I mean, they they had much better home court advantages in college basketball for a long time, but it it's not that anymore. I mean, I'm trying to pull off the uh, the Pip basketball game Friday, Oklahoma noon game Saturday, double dip, uh, and I feel pretty good about that on the hoop side, and, and then you got Penn as well. Then you go play Purdue. That'll be fun. I mean, I know that Edie kid's huge in the middle. We do have size, a lot of size to throw at them. So that'll be interesting. They're not necessarily what they've been, but they're still going to be really good, obviously. Yeah, Matt Painter always fields a good squad. Well, so if we lose it, we get Portland State. So unless they find a way to beat Gonzaga. I would love it to play Gonzaga again. Yeah, that'd be a good, fun chance at revenge. 
Yeah, I mean, in the other game on Sunday, well, that, who that, knows what you That'd be tough for you, Zach. I mean, you're the, the resident Gonzaga apologist in this thing. Hey, I'll still hold that <laughs> the refs 100% screwed us out of the win against Gonzaga in the tournament a few years ago. Yes, that sir. Long pause. Give me a fucking break. It was ter- Oh, man. Sorry. Little, ex- <laughs> little excessive. Had to, had to make sure that CJ didn't think that I was a bad big of a Gonzaga fan. You know, you know what? The, well, I mean, you were you were the one banging their drum all last year, so I was just giving you a hard time. Hey, uh, hey but you know what? Is, you came through there, Zach, with exuberance on your take about Gonzaga and that play. And I agree with both of them. I was gonna say he he's not wrong in any stretch on that either. Hey, Hugs, what do you think about that? Oh, Scott Sherwood. I don't. I don't know, guys. I I don't know. <laughs> I I. I we 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 got to get some some material and get into this season. He'll provide me with the content, but it's it's not. We're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I think he's. I think he is going to definitely love uh, Stevenson, though. Like just just based off what we saw the other night, he's a winning player. And Emmett being back, that, that's that's huge. And Toussaint, that's his type of guy. We could do this all night. We'll the be ba- getting into ba- a lot the, more here recently or here soon. Hey, the Bears back, and he's in the hall. And he's yeah. in the hall, absolutely. Yeah. Well, till next time, y'all. Let's take it easy. Hopefully, we have a great uh, weekend with a win over the Cyclones. And, uh, Mike, I want to go back to the Zoom calls as well, buddy. That'd be fun. It, I enjoyed them, but uh, too easy, in my opinion. I think you should have to work a little bit harder as a reporter. But it was fun. It was the, the Neil Brown Zooms were a, a little bit more interesting just as far as the scrutiny goes. But my favorite hugs Zoom call, do you guys remember the game against Texas Tech? Uh, their old coach that went to Texas, I'm spacing on his name. Beard. 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 Sits down on the floor, right? Oh, yeah. Does does, does the whole uh, the pose. Mm. And then I'm watching it at home, and I'm just like, okay, Bob Huggins is the greatest arguer of all time to refs. So I have to ask him what he thinks. And, and you know, and, and he's actually right because Chris Beard's a good coach. You know, he gives his props and says – you know, I'm not going to go there. He does a good job, all the normal stuff. Right. That one, that one was pretty cool. And then, like, there was one where Jay Billis said something weird uh, about how Huggins has great penmanship. And I just had to ask. It was such an off-the-wall comment. And I guess Hugs always picks up the check. So, Jay Billis is a cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's shocked about that. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't go to work. So good, good times with the zooms. I, it would be nice. It'd be nice, but I, I understand why you shouldn't just have to turn on your computer to talk to the coach. That's that's definitely fair. That's definitely fair. Although the you, convenience can't be beat, you right. at least have to drive up there to talk to the coach. Got to earn it. Uh, the convenience will be there Saturdays. We just flip it on to ESPN Plus and hopefully watch a win and drink some beers. Let's go ears and. Uh, Till next time, y'all, take it easy.